Hi, I'm Gene. I graduated from Olivet Nazarene University. It appears I'm now a hired gunslinger going to churches. You give morning to dancing. Bom, 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 bom. It gets in your head, doesn't it? And our graduates, we do honor you. You have graduated in a historic year. You're going to tell your kids, your grandkids, I graduated on coronavirus year. It's a very different year, but we are proud of you. We're proud of your accomplishments. I don't want to bore you with advice. Socrates, the Greek philosopher, went around giving advice and they poisoned him. <laughs> Ignoring that, I will give you advice. But not just advice, let's call it life lessons. Not just for graduates, but really for all of us. On my desk, I have an old-fashioned paper calendar. It's, it's big. Well, not that big. And so each month I have to tear off for the next month. But at the bottom, I have written down things that are meaningful to me, thoughts. And that way, each month i got to rewrite them so they, they, they stay fresh. Right in the middle is one of the most important because it's, hard, it's a discipline for me. Listen to understand, not form a response. When people come in and, and talk to me, sometimes halfway through their sentence, i got my response ready. I, I think it's a tougher discipline than you think. When people are talking to you, sharing something about their life, sharing something, listen to understand rather than form a response. Life lessons. I want to pass on a very important passage of Scripture. In fact, it's one of those famous passages, and and that's good and bad. It's it's good that it's famous. It's bad that if you've heard it so much, it's kind of lost a little bit of its kick. Hear it again. John chapter 10, verse 10, I want you to see it. Jesus is speaking. I have come that you might have life, and life abundant. Yeah, it's supposed to be good. Jesus wants for you not just to mark time, but an abundant life. And now you have knowledge. That's education. Knowledge and wisdom are not the same thing. Decisions that make now shape our lives. Look carefully at Christ as he has this abundant life for you and me. He knows your abilities. He knows your desires. And he knows your passion. I saw a perfect definition of someone's passion, personal energy. Think about it. Where do you invest so much of your personal energy? You don't have to, you want to. That's your passion. Personal energy. And also, a symptom of that, what do you love to talk about? If people spend a couple of hours with you, sooner or later, you might end up talking about that because it's where your personal energy is. It's your passion. Christ built, developed you. He understands your, poten- your passion. And that gives birth to he understands your potential. People need to realize we never make our, our full potential outside of Christ. We never make our full potential outside of Christ. He designed us. One life lesson. Guard against snap decisions. Guard against spontaneous decisions. As I've looked back over my life, I think most of my snap decisions, in hindsight, I kind of regret. Decades ago, a policeman, literally his first day on the job in Philadelphia, he's starting at the bottom, directing traffic. There was a robbery close by, and he heard on his little radio that the thief, the robber, was running on foot. 
was African-American, short stature, military uniform. Be careful, he was carrying a gun. He had the money in a brown paper bag. He looked up. And he saw a short stature, African-American, running, army uniform, gun, and a brown paper bag. He thought, I missed my first day. So he's sprinting after this guy. Now, the guy didn't know the neighborhood. He ran down a dead end. And the policeman's thinking, I'm going to make this important collar on my first day. And the dead end, of course, ended. He pulled his gun and said, raise your hands and drop the gun. The, the, the short African-American guy was terrified. He began to raise his hands, but he didn't drop the gun. And the policeman's thinking, he could pull that trigger. And he kept screaming, drop the gun, drop the gun. He's ready to shoot. And somehow he didn't shoot. And the African-American guy kept his hands up and the policeman ran down the end of the, end of the dark alley. The, the dead end screaming, why didn't you drop the gun? Why didn't you drop the gun at the end of the alley? He found a seven-year-old small African-American boy on his way to school. It's Boy Scout Day. He wore his uniform. The gun was a squirt gun. The brown paper bag had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Supposing True story. Supposing the policeman would have shot. Just in your mind, imagine the headlines. First day, policeman shooting a black kid in a dead-end alley, a Boy Scout. Imagine Philadelphia. One key to life, be careful of snap decisions. Guard against spontaneous acts based on emotion. Transition of life, and many of us are, are in transitions over and above graduation. In any transition in life, lean very carefully on Christ for wisdom. He's the master instrument maker, and you and I are fragile. Why on earth would he build something so fragile as you and me and then turn around and break it? Why would he build something so fragile and turn around and abuse it? Of course not. But this precious instrument, me and you, outside of the master's hands, eventually gets abused and broken. So be careful. Define who can influence you. Accept everybody, but guard the gate of influence. Be careful and wise and understand who has the ability to influence me. Another law. Guard against the law of conformity. Law of conformity says, I will do something because it's the majority. Psychologists call it groupthink. Our culture today is dominated by groupthink. I read a statement that hit me. A person without character makes no decisions for themselves. Their decisions are made for them by the majority. You've got to chew on that one, don't you? A person without character makes no decisions for themselves. That decision is always made for them by the majority. Develop character. University of Southern Cal, USC, did a study on groupthink. They brought 11 people into a room. The first 10 are part of the study. The 11th is what they wanted to find out about. And on a table, they had seven sm small little blocks, kids' choice. And there were a lot of questions about the blocks. But if you looked carefully, one of the blocks was a little bit taller than the other. Not ridiculous, but you noticed it was a little bit taller. There were a lot of questions, but one of the questions asked, the only one they cared about, was, are all the blocks the same size? Well, they weren't. The first 10 people, part of the script, all said, yes, they're the same size. So the 11th person, the study, 
We wanted to know would he, what would he say after hearing 10 times in a row, yes, they're the same size, yes, they're the same size, yes, they're the same size, over and over and over. Would he have the character to point out all 10 of you people are wrong? Or would groupthink hit him? Would he also say, they're the same size? 65% said they were the same size. Even though they knew they wouldn't. Groupthink is real. Character thinking against the majority, when you know the majority is wrong, is rare. Character thinking against the majority, when you know the majority is wrong, come to find out is rare. USC proved it. The law of conformity will hurt you someday. Guard against selling your character for the majority. In the early 1800s, we're going back 200 years, small Massachusetts town of Southbridge. Everybody in town knew this angry boy. He was a hoodlum. He made trouble for everybody he touched. The only exception that he got along with were the other boys in his gang. That was his identity. Bill Marcy, resentful to his adults, resentful to authority figures, particularly school teachers. All concerned mothers warned their children, stay away from Bill Marcy and his group. He's no good. It was said of Bill Marcy, sooner or later, he's going to fill a hangman's loose. Or at the very least, he'll be in prison someday. And he lived down to their expectations. He consistently got worse. His band of hoodlums ran off a, a string of teachers by fear. They were uncontrollable and incredibly violent. The next school year, they had to hire a new teacher. People were actually betting how long this teacher would last before Bill Marcy and his friends ran him off. The teacher was Salem Town. Not long after the school year began, the town was shocked to see this overgrown boy, Bill Marcy, walking down the street almost arm in arm with the teacher, Salem Town. They became great friends. Bill's entire attitude, personal behavior, patterns were changed. His life was transformed. That boy, Bill Marcy, the adult, was the United States Senator in New York. For three terms, he was also served as governor, eventually becoming Secretary of State for the United States of America. Bill Marcy died in 1857. More than 100,000 people filed through as his body laid in state. The state of New York wanted to do something in memory of Bill Marcy. The highest peak, the mountain, a few mountains in New York, but the highest peak is actually that mountain is called Mount Marcy. It's there today. His teacher, Salem Town, eventually became the superintendent of education for the state. At Dr. Town's appointment, then-Senator Bill Marcy said, This man changed my life. I was an angry, resentful boy, and he got me. All I am or all I have ever been or all I will ever do, I owe to him. So, who will you influence tomorrow's? I told you, guard against those who can influence you. Define who has the ability to influence me. Flip it. Who will you influence? I wonder what decisions you'll make in the tomorrow will influence those around you. Dream big. Christ has an abundant life for you. Let's, let's play with your imagination for a second. Baseball game. The batter swings three times, strikes out. Umpire calls him out. But rather than go back to the dugout, he's, he's still there. And the umpire says, you know, you do know you're out. And he says, I demand a fourth strike. The pitcher fooled me on the last pitch. Or, or, or another little drama. Same thing. 
Full orchestra, 100 pieces, all playing in harmony and precision, all under the conductor, one unit. And then out of the blue, this trumpeter stands up and begins wailing away. The orchestra stops, confusing. They say, what are you doing? He says, doing my own thing, man. <laughs> the point of these two scenarios, as you graduate or as you go on to new, new responsibilities in your life, you are part of a community. Here the community is real life church. We are all part of a community. Therefore, you are not free to do anything you want. Oh, Jane, it's a free country. Freedom without responsibility is always chaos. It's in the streets today. Freedom without responsibility is always chaos. Knowledge used well is wisdom. When you can combine them, knowledge and wisdom, you have maturity. You are not free to do anything you wish. One last story of values. Margaret Sangster is a Goodwill Center teacher. And in the playroom, the young boy is always there with a homemade crutch. Obviously, very poverty. One foot is so damaged, it's, so, it's not possible to walk without this crutch. He couldn't play with other children. This is breaking Mar Margaret Sangster's heart. She took him to a doctor and found out that with a few surgeries, that foot could be easily corrected. But they were broke. The doctor said, for you, listen, I'll do this for free, pro bono. But the enormous hospital expenses. Margaret actually went to several bankers and got the entire hospital expenses cleared. The day finally came. The little boy literally danced into her playroom. The successful procedures, he'd hop from one foot to the other and say, how am I doing, Mr. Sangster? Mrs. Sangster is telling the story, this moving story, to an audience. She said, I've never spent any one day in my life more satisfied than I was on that day. Then she leaned over the podium and said, feedback, where do you think that boy is today? They began to yell out, he's a, he's a surgeon fixing other boys. No, he's a lawyer, he, he's, a, he's a banker, uh, funding operations, he's the governor of a state. Every possible respected position you can think of was yelled back at her. And Margaret Sanctuary kept saying, no, no, no. Finally, she said, you could not possibly guess. He's in prison for the rest of his life for a crime so heinous and so terrible, I can't describe it to you here. Then she said, do you understand my mistake? I spent so much time teaching him how to walk, I never told him where. Knowledge without wisdom never gives maturity. That's what the Bible says. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7, take a look. Get understanding and knowledge, and therefore, something else, get wisdom. Wisdom is the key of life, because the key of life is kingdom. We're going back to the battle series, aren't we? Gene, leave it alone. Remember kingdom? Living my life in such a way that God receives glory. That's knowledge, that's wisdom, that's maturity, all in one sentence. Living my life in such a way that God receives glory. That's been the battle theme as we talked about the battle. Living my life to the glory of God. My daily decisions, defeating Satan, literally every single day by all of my decisions. Get understanding and wisdom, education. But now get wisdom, which will give birth to actual maturity. One last hard lesson is written on the bottom of my, my calendar. A person who cannot manage their emotions becomes defenseless against negative emotions. Another one you've got to chew on. 
A person who cannot manage their emotions becomes defenseless against negative emotions. A person who cannot manage their emotions becomes defenseless against negative emotions. How do you fight against something that big? Living for kingdom. That God receives glory. Whatever you do. Isn't that what 1 Corinthians 10.31 says? Take a look at this. Whether then, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. If you can do that, all the landmines in your future, you're probably going to miss them. If you live for yourself, you're going to hit a lot of landmines. You're going to hurt a lot of ways. God would not build something as delicate as you and turn around and abuse it. Congratulations, our grads, and to all of us. May God bless you as you enjoy abundant life. Let's stand together. Father, we just wanted to give a devotional today as we honor our, our graduates. But I don't think we're speaking just to graduates. A lot of us are in transition times in our own life. Our country's in a transition time. We're trying to sort out a lot of things. And Father, we pray for your wisdom. It's great to have knowledge, but knowledge can be totally wasted. Give us wisdom that we might have maturity. We pray for your power and touch as you guide our lives. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Let's praise him together.